Um, it's always a, a honor for me to speak. You know, I, <clears throat> every time Pastor Matthew will ask me, I always the first thing in my head is, "Are you sure? You sure you sure you want me to speak?" Because uh, you know, when I think back on my walk with the Lord and, and growing up, and <clears throat> I was never, I never really wanted to be in front of people. That was like my worst fear. In school, I hated giving a presentation because I hated the, I just dreaded getting in front of people and speaking. And more and more, the Lord's been stretching me and bringing me out of my comfort zones and, and bringing me into uh, the callings that he, you know, things that he's been calling me to. So, uh, but I know normally in the beginning, when I first hear that, like, oh, do you want to speak? I'm always like, oh, no, no, not really. Or, Are you sure? You know, that, that's that first thought that comes into my mind. But then I start to hear from the Lord, and he begins to put things on my heart, and then I, you know, I get excited about sharing. Uh, so this morning, um, I'm, we're going to take a little bit of a break from the Psalms. I know I've been enjoying going through the Psalms. Um, and I, you know, when I was praying about what God had uh, for me to share, uh, he was putting this message on my heart, and uh, it wasn't out of the Psalms. Um, but I think it kind of goes along with last week. And uh, also what Linda shared this morning, uh, I've been, you know, talking with a lot of you and just people in my family and people I talk to, they're all going through something. They're going through hardships. And, and the question is always like, why am I going through this? Why is this happening to me? I don't understand. I, I, I can't explain it. I don't know why it's doing. I'm trying to go through life and, and, and follow the Lord and do the right things. But yeah, I feel like I'm uh, constantly being hit with things, whether it's financial, whether it's physical. Uh, but I wanted to start um, in Matthew, and it's Matthew 17, verse 20, and this is Jesus speaking. He says, you don't have enough faith, Jesus told them. I tell you the truth, if you had even, or if you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. And I've read that verse so many times, and to be honest, when I read that verse, I kind of feel uh, like, man, where's my faith? Where's my faith at? Because Jesus is saying, he's, he's saying, if you had faith as small as a mustard seed, you can command a mountain to move from here to there, and it would move. And to me, I'm like, well, if you only need the faith of a mustard seed to move a mountain, then how small is my faith that I can't believe that God's going to help me make my next mortgage payment? Or, you know, when I'm sick, he's going to heal me. Or when I'm facing a, a situation in my job, you know, he's going to get me through that. How small is my faith? But I also question is, why do we face mountains in the first place? Why do we even have to go through these trials? And I think the answer uh, is in James chapter 1, verse 2. And I'm sure you're all familiar with this verse. I know... Uh, you know, I've, I've been going through things, and I know how people have quoted this to me. Oh, just count it joy, brother, when you're going through a trouble. Count it joy, right? And that's like the last thing you want to hear when you're going through something. But I love uh, the New Living Translation. It says this. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed... You will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. And there's two words that really jumped out at me this last time I was, I was preparing for this uh, message. Is, is The first one is opportunity. And opportunity is a set of circumstances that makes 
uh, that make it possible to do something. It's, it's, it's potential that's there, but you have to grab hold of that, right? A lot of times when I'm facing something, I don't take the opportunity to let my faith grow or to, uh, to have joy. I take the opposite most of the time, right? I take that opportunity. I let my heart get hardened. I, I question, I whine, I complain, you know? But I'm missing what God's trying to do through that, right? Chance is a possibility of something happening. See, there's a possibility there, but you have to choose it. Just like last week when Pastor Matthew was talking about going through the valley, he said that he doesn't remove you from the valley, but he promises to walk with you through the valley. But see, you have to walk through the valley to get to the other side, and God's going to be with you, but you have to take the opportunity, you have to take that chance when that happens to grow. And um, as long as we're living, as long as we're doing this thing called Christianity, walking this, we're in a state of process. God's trying to do something. He's trying to bring you from where we're at to where he wants us to be. Uh, I wanted to just tell a quick story. And before I do, I wanted to quick just get a, a little survey. I have this ongoing debate with my wife. She likes to make fun of me a little bit. But by a raise of hands, if you think that track and field is a sport, raise your hand if you, if you feel like this. Oh, thank you. So when I, when I, I did sport... <laughs> So my wife says, you're just, it's just running. That's not a sport. And, uh, and then I tell her, well, I, you know, because she, she did a lot of sports as well. And I said, well, I used to wrestle too. And she's like, that doesn't help. That doesn't make look good. But I used to run track. That's what I used to do. I used to love to do it. And I was pretty fast. And uh, I, I was on a, a, a team and I had two coaches. One uh, was Coach Ron. He was my, my he was the coach for the, the sprinters. And there was this older guy named Coach Charles. He, he did all the distance, the distance uh, people. And uh, I, I used to love Coach Ron. He was a younger guy, and he had all these cool things. You know, we, I, I ran sprints. So I did 100 meter, 200 meter, 400 meter. I did like four by one relay. Uh, but I liked it because it was a full-on, all-out sprint uh, from the beginning. You got to get off the line quick. You got to get out of your blocks quick, and it's just all out to the finish line. And I loved it. It was quick. It was intense. You had to just be quick. You couldn't mess up. Even the slightest thing, you know, could make you lose the race. And we had to hit all these cool things. You know, we'd put these, uh, you know, we'd run with different weights or we'd have this like umbrella or uh, parachute thing that we'd run with to kind of get, we'd practice in the blocks. And I remember uh, one uh, off season, Coach Charles talked to my parents. I was like, hey, I, I think Chris should do cross country during the off season. And I was like, no. I don't want to do that, right? And my parents were like, oh, sure, let's do it. And so I, I was very uh, upset. I didn't want to be doing that during my summer, uh, especially long distance, because when in the beginning of the season, we would do these, we'd go to this park, and there's all these hills, and you'd run and run and run and run, and I hated it. It was like the worst thing. So during the summer, it's hot. We're, we're in, I don't know where, but like desert. There's nothing around. It's no green. It's hot, and uh, I'm having to run cross country, but I'm running with people that do cross country, they're doing long distance races, they're used to this, and they're just leaving me in the dust, right, I'm, I'm trying to run, I'm, I'm tired, there's hills, it's hot, it's dusty, and I find myself complaining, I find myself 
what am I thinking? What am I doing here? Why am I here? And I'm looking around, and instead of like, you know, setting like, okay, I'm just gonna, I gotta make it to this point. I'm gonna push, and then I get to that point, and then push. But no, I'm looking around like this is a stupid tree, stupid rock. I, I want, why am I here? I'm sweating. I'm like complaining the whole time in my head, right? And I did this, and I'm doing this over and over, and I'm like, I'm mad at my parents for making me do this, right? And and my and I and I I'm mad at. This coach, too, because I'm like, this is not, not even my coach. He's a distance coach. I don't even know why he's doing this. It makes no sense. It's nothing to do. It's not going to make me win my, the races I do, right? But there was one race that I, I, I really didn't like that I did. It was the 400 meter. And it was, it's one full time around the track. But just like my other races, it's a full out sprint, you know, from the beginning. But the, the thing is, is you got to be able to be fast. But you, by the end, you still have to have enough to, to kick and, and, and win, right? But it, it's by the end, by that last 100 meters, you're, you're tired, right? And so I went through this whole process complaining, you know, not really seeing what my coach was doing. But when I then went to do that race, I, I was running. And I just remember <clears throat> coming around the, the last turn, coming to that last 100 meters, I all of a sudden felt like I had a lot left where everyone else, <clears throat> excuse me, everyone else is starting to fade. They're starting to falter. And I'm feeling like I have energy. I have a lot of uh, push left and I go and I win the race. But at that moment, it clicks to me. Uh, now I understand what my coach was doing. See, he was preparing me. He knew that uh, that's what I needed in that moment, in the, in that, in that, before the finish line when uh, everyone else is going to begin to falter and fade, he knew what I needed in that moment. I needed that endurance. I needed that, that push, that drive that I didn't have from just practicing my short races. He knew that if I went through that, that struggle, it was going to give me what I needed. And in the same way, God does that with us. He puts mountains in front of us, and yes, I do believe that we can, and he can move mountains. He can do miracles in your life, and he can do things right away. But also, most of the time, when he, we face something, it's because he wants to do something in us. He wants to give us endurance. He wants to give us uh, faith. And so what he does is he allows us to climb the mountain. He allows us to move that mountain one step at a time with us. And he does it with us, but it's, it's through the struggle, it's through the the pain, it's through the not understanding, it's through that circumstance that our faith has the chance to grow. And in Numbers, I want to read Numbers, if you want to turn there, 14, uh, 20 through 23. And just to set this up, um, the children of Israel have been rescued from Egypt, right? Moses comes, and through the plagues, uh, they allow, the Egyptians allow the children of Israel to leave Egypt, okay? They come to the Red Sea, and now the Egyptians are coming after them to bring them back. They complain, they cry out to the Lord, did you just lead us here just to die? God shows up again, he parts the Red Sea, they cross, the Egyptian army gets crushed. Okay, now they're, they're going to the promised land, and day after day after day, God provides by giving them direction, by leading them during the day with a cloud and night by fire. He provides food. He provides water. When there's not, every day he provides. And, and, and I love that they 
he only provided for that day. You know, when he had uh, the manna come, it wasn't, they weren't allowed to get it and store it up by their works and, and prepare. They had to daily rely on the Lord. And he provided every day. Now, was it the perfect circumstance? Was it, did they love being in the desert? No, but God was doing something. He's trying to show that I am faithful. I'm going to provide. Even though you're in the desert, even though you're walking through this circumstance, I want you to see that I am faithful. I love you. I have a plan and a promise for you. And it's over here, but you have to walk through this so that I can show you my faithfulness that you can then receive the promise that I have for you. And that was the promise then for them. Well, I'm sure you all have heard the story many times, but they come finally to the promised land, and I believe that they could have gone, you know, a lot quicker from one point to the other, but God allowed them to, to uh, wander a little bit so that he could show his faithfulness. But they finally make it to the, the promised land. They send out the spies, and what happens? Ten come back and say, you know what, we can't do it. Two come back and say, no, we can do this. But like myself, a lot of times I, I focus on the negative. I see that, you know what, I am so small and insignificant compared to this problem, the circumstance that I'm facing, and there's no way that I can do it. And that's what they did. They believed that they couldn't do it. So this is what God says. He says uh, in Numbers 14, 20 through 23, he says this, Then the Lord said, I will pardon them. As you have requested, but as surely as I live, and as surely as the earth is filled with the Lord's glory, not one of these people will ever enter that land. They have all seen my glorious presence and the miraculous signs I have performed both in Egypt and in the wilderness, but again and again they have tested me by refusing to listen to my voice. They will never even see the land I swore to give their ancestors. None of those who have treated me with contempt will ever see it. Man, that is depressing to me. That whole generation, because of their doubt, because of their unbelief, they did not get to walk in the promise that God had for them. And that I don't want today's message to depress you. That's not what it's meant to be. I want to encourage you because, see, we can either walk in the promises of God or we can wander in the desert. But it, that's our choice. We, again, like that verse said in James, we have to take the opportunity and the chance to do that. And this really makes me sad, but that whole generation now had to wander in the desert and did not get to see the promise. Now, you, I, I see, you know, I, I look around, and I, I see people wandering in the desert and... Uh, and I, even myself, I found myself, man, I, I feel like I keep hitting the same thing. And why, why does this keep happening? But a lot of times I can look and I can see all the missed opportunities that, that I had to, to move and grow in what God was showing me. But what happens is I miss it and God allows me to then continue to walk in that desert until I grasp what he's trying to do in my life. Sometimes we, we, we face the same issues until we let God strengthen our faith, and let him uh, allow us to grow in the way he wants us to grow. So in order to uh, live out God's plan, you have to walk by faith. I just have a few points um, that will help us, help us do that. And the first thing we need to do 
is we need to pray. In 1 Thessalonians 5.17, it says this. It says, never stop praying. And what does that mean? To me, that means simply inviting God into every situation. When we face uh, a trial, when we face, you know, uh, something in our life, we got to just invite God into it. I know that for me, when I face something, whether it be big or small, I might be at work and just something happens uh, and I, I get blamed for it or whatever I'm getting yelled at. Now, in that moment, I can choose to fire back, get mad or, or you know, whatever. Or I can just say, God, can you just help me? Be with me in this situation. Help me not to rise in anger. Help me not to... Uh, Come back, but Lord, give me the answers. Give me what I need to deal with this person, or give me what I need to face the situation. God, I'm sick. I don't understand what's going on. Lord, come and heal me. Be with me. Be my comfort. Be my peace. Just invite God into that situation, whatever it is that you're facing. Invite God in because He wants to be a part. He wants to be with you, walk with you through that uh, so that um, He can grow your faith. He wants to show you that He's faithful. How, how, how should we pray? The first way we should pray is we need to pray with humility. Remember that God is God and we are not. We might not feel in control of the situation. We, not, we might not feel like we know what's going on. But just like Pastor Matthew said, I love that, that example of the, la- the lamp. He lights our feet just enough so we can take that next step. We don't have to worry about five yards down the road. We just need to worry about today. We need to worry about this moment. We need to worry about our relationship with Lord and walking with Him. Remember that He's in control, we're not. We don't have to understand, but we just need to trust in Him and have faith. Second uh, is pray with thanksgiving. Remember all of the blessings in your life. So many times I could have all these good things happening in my life and then suddenly something happens and then immediately I forget about all that. I forget about all the blessings. I forget about all the good things God has done. I forget about how faithful He's been. I forget... All these things, and then all I can focus on is the circumstance I'm in, this problem, and everything else goes out the window. But we need to remember, we need to build those altars in our life where we can say, you know what, this is hard, I don't understand it, I don't know why I'm facing this, but God, I know that you've been faithful. I know time and time again you've been here, you've provided, and Lord, I'm going to be thankful for that, and I'm going to believe that you're going to do it again. Another thing is pray specifically. This helps us realize when God answers our prayer. So many times I've prayed for something, but real general, and, and a lot of times it's, that's my fault, that's my lack of faith, because I was like, oh, if I just kind of generally pray this prayer, if it doesn't happen, it's not that big of a deal. You know, I, I kind of don't realize. But God says, no, pray to me specifically. Tell me what you need. And then when he answers it, you can go back and say, I prayed that prayer, and God answered my prayer. My wife is really good at this. You know, there's been so many times where we've uh, had situations, and, and I'm, I'm going that other way that I normally go. I'm being negative, and she's like, no, we're going to pray for this. We're going to pray for specifically. Uh, and I, I love it because it's been great for our kids because especially my daughter, you know, she has seen my wife pray for something specifically, and it happens exactly how she prays. And that's such a great example to my daughter because she can see the faithfulness of God. It wasn't just, oh, uh, you know, oh, God, I, I need uh, a car. But no, God, there's this car. I believe that you're, you're giving us this car. And even when it didn't seem like it was going to happen, it, it, it specifically happened that car. And it's amazing to me. And I, I want to have faith like that. And the last one is pray with expectation. 
Pray with confidence that God hears us when we pray and he's at work at our lives. A lot of times I don't do this either. I pray just because I know that's what I'm supposed to do. But God says, no, pray with expectation that I am going to show up. I'm going to be there. I'm going to answer your prayers. I just want to read a few scriptures that go along with this. The first one is in 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. It says, Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will, heal, I will hear them from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will restore their land. God hears our prayers. When we pray, he hears us. He wants to come and be our rescuer. He wants to be our healer. He wants to give us peace in times of trouble. We just need to pray. The second is Philippians 4, 6, and 7. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard our hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. That's encouraging to me. If I just, if I pray, I don't need to worry about these things. All these things that I keep in my head that's constantly swirling around and causing me to worry and causing me to doubt, I don't have to hold on to those things. Just like Gary was talking about, we can give all those things over to the Lord. We can lay those things down and he promises to carry those burdens for us. All he says is, to carry his, which is trusting in him, living for him. That's so much lighter. That's doable, right? I don't have to carry all these burdens, all these, all these stresses that I, I tend to just heap on and carry with me all the time. The second thing we need to do is we need to persevere. I know a lot of you have heard this verse, Jeremiah 29, 11, But I want to read a verse... Uh, 10 and 11. So in verse tw- uh, chapter 29, verse 10, it says this. It says, this is what the Lord says. You will be in Babylon for 70 years, but then I will come and do for you all the good things that I have promised you, and I will bring you home again. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Now, I, I've heard that, you know, I always like to quote that, oh, uh, the, the second part of that, right, the verse 11. But what if right before that verse you, you heard that, oh, you're going to be in Babylon for 70 years? You have to trust in God. You have to trust in his process. So many times when we're going through something, it does not meet our time frame. It doesn't meet the idea that we had of where we're going. God, I want to do this for you. I want to do that for you. I want to serve you. I want to be able to, to bring people to the Lord or whatever, all these dreams or things that we have. But God wants those things for us, but he wants to have us be ready for that, right? He's not going to throw us into something uh, just to let us fail. He wants us to trust in him, let him mold us, let him shape us, let our faith rise so that when we get to that place, we get to that promised land, we get to that, that mountain, we're not going to shy away and doubt because we're going to know that he has been faithful over and over again and he has seen us through over and over again so we're we're going to attack that mountain and we're going to go with confidence because we've seen the faithfulness of God and the last point I have is we need to keep things in perspective in Matthew 14 29 through 31 it says this then Peter called to him 
Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you, walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why do you doubt me? I can relate to this so many times because I have this zeal. I want to do all these things for the Lord. I say, God, just let me do this. Let me do this. And then God puts me in a situation. And then what do I do? I doubt. I doubt. Uh, and this is exactly what, Jesus, uh, what Peter did. He, he said, God, let me come out to the boat. Did any of the other disciples do that? No, they were afraid in the boat. But he, Peter said, let me come to you. And he did. He walked on water. But immediately when he takes his eyes off Jesus and begins to look at the waves, he looks at his circumstance. He says, what am I doing? I shouldn't be out here. And then he begins to sink. And it's all about perspective. See, if we keep our eyes on Jesus, then our circumstance is very small. No matter how big that circumstance is, if we're looking at Jesus, if we're looking at our Savior, the creator of the world, then that circumstance is very small. But so many times we look at our circumstance. We take our focus off of Jesus and we look at our circumstance and then we feel so small. We feel that we cannot handle this. We can't do it. But we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. We need to keep our perspective right. You know, I tend to be... uh, I don't know what you call it, uh, negative or whatever, but I, I'm always in my head. I'm always thinking of every circumstance, every scenario, what could happen before I make a decision, before I buy something. I judge my wife nuts because I want to buy something, but then I will research that thing for hours and hours and day. I just look into it before I'll even do it. and then, But then I know, okay, I'm good with that purchase or whatever I'm doing, but... but uh, But, see, God wants us just to trust. We don't need to, um, we don't need to look at our circumstance and and just worry over it and worry over it and play it over in our head and why is this happening and and all this. But what God wants us to do is just say, no, look at me and I'm going to get you through it. I am so much bigger than this circumstance. I'm so much bigger than this problem you're going through. And just, just to finish up, there's three things that we can do that will help us keep perspective and keep uh, focus on God. One is worship. It's so important that we need to worship, not only on a Sunday morning, but if you can find time, whether it's in your car, whether that's just time at your at home, but just sit and worship the Lord because what that does, it allows us to keep perspective and know that this is, this is God. I'm worshiping the God of the universe. He, is, he has me where he he wants me, and he's going to provide. He's going to be there for me. I'm going to worship you. I love that song we sing. I'm going to sing louder than the storm. I'm going, to, I'm going to sing above that because, yes, the world is telling me this. Yes, my circumstance is telling me this. My own mind is doubting. But you know what? I know who I serve. I know who I worship. I'm going to sing anyway. I'm going to worship the Lord. Second is God's word. I can't tell you how much, how important it is to be in God's word all the time, whether it, uh, it's just, just a verse a day, but, but meditate on his word because that's where he speaks to us. He gives us these promises. He tells us he's going to be there with us through these things. But if we're constantly listening to the news, listening to uh, 
whatever's going on around us, listening to our circumstance, we're going to drown out the voice of God. And, and, and he says, you know, uh, when I read that verse earlier, they, they didn't hear my voice. I was with them faithful so many times over and over, and they just refused to hear my voice. Just like Pastor Matthew talked about last week, the sheep hearing his voice. We need to hear his voice, and it needs to be clear. And the way it's going to be clear is that we're in communion with him. We're praying, and we're hearing his word. We're listening. We're reading his word. So that way, when we're facing that mountain, we're going to hear his, his voice clearly, and we're going to be able to obey. And the last one is people. We need to surround ourselves with people that are going to be encouraging to us. Um, as much as I hate it, I have people around me that are positive all the time. And I, I, a lot of times I come, and I, I'm coming to complain, and I'm coming to say, look at how bad my situation is, and what I want them to do is agree with me and tell me how bad my situation is, how you know, miserable I deserve to be, and I just want them to agree with me, right? I want to be angry, and I want to do this, but yet I come to them, and what do they do? They say, well, you know, if you really, if you just look at it this way, it's really not that bad. I'm like, no, no, you don't understand. You don't understand. You don't know what I'm, what I'm going through, right? No, but, but I need people like that, as annoying as it is, as as mad as it makes me at the time, I need those people around me because if not, I'm going to go all the way the other way. And again, I'm going to miss that opportunity that God's trying to do in my life. And, and, and I'm going I'm to miss out. I'm going to miss out. I'm going to wander in the desert somewhere. I'm going to come and face that issue again. But I have those people that say, you know what? No, look at it. This, look at maybe God's trying to do this or maybe God's trying to do that. My wife does this to me all the time. And I, I'm like, shut up, I don't want to hear that, right, you know, but she's right, I need that in my life, and, and she, she sets me back on that path, and uh, okay, you know what, you're right, I, ca I can calm down, I can remember what God has done, I can remember how faithful he's been, but I just want to encourage you, have those people around you, surround yourself with those people that when you're struggling, when you're facing a mountain, when you're facing those things, that those people are going to speak into your life, they're going to redirect you away and that way you don't miss those opportunities that God is placing in your life. Amen. I just want to pray. And I just want to pray over you guys. And if any of you uh, are feeling like you are going through something and you feel like you've, you don't understand it, you're questioning God, you're doubting, that's okay. That's normal. But let us pray for you this, this morning. Let's not, don't leave this morning without getting prayer because God wants to encourage you. He wants to give you a peace. That only comes from him. He wants to let you know that he's walking with you through this. No matter how big that circumstance looks to you. No matter how impossible that circumstance looks to you. He wants to heal you. He wants to give you a peace. And I just want to pray over you for that. But I'm going to have uh, some people, some prayer teams up here to pray with you. But don't leave this morning without getting prayer. If you're feeling that. If you're feeling that heaviness. Or if you're just feeling like, man, I just don't feel like I can, I can beat this on my own. Well, you're not alone. Not only do you have people around here, but you have your creator that wants to walk with you through that. Amen. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you that you lovingly remind us God, that you are here for us. God, that you, you are a provider. Lord God, you are a healer. Lord, I pray that this morning, God, that people, maybe they have come with, with doubt, with fear, with anxiety, with anger. They've come in with these feelings, Lord, but I pray that your presence would fall. 
Lord, that they would feel your peace, they'd feel your hand of provision, Lord, your hand of healing, your hand of love, God, your hand of guidance, wisdom, Lord. That they wouldn't leave the same, Lord, that they would get prayer this morning, Lord, that they would get encouragement and know that, that there are people around them, Lord, and that you are, you are here for them. We worship you, Lord, in the midst of our circumstances. We worship you in the midst of our storms. Lord, and I pray that uh, this week, God, that you would show up in our lives, God, as, as we face little things here and there, God, through the week, Lord, that you would show up, Lord, that we would invite you into each circumstance, each problem that comes our way, Lord, and that we'd use it, Lord, and take that opportunity, Lord, to grow so that we can walk in your promises, Lord Jesus. We worship you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, have a great week and please get prayer if, if you're feeling that. I know I'll be up here, my wife will be up here, and there'll be some people to pray with you if you're just feeling like you just need that extra encouragement. We're here. But God bless you.